Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Today. Colin Lacey. I keep wanting to say Colin Lindsay, and I know it's not Colin Lindsay. Colin Lacey of the Georgia Southern Sports Network, which I finally have gotten that down somewhat, but it's still early in the broadcast. I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> Colin Lacey. So, Colin, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm, I'm sipping on my cup of coffee here, about to have my V8 Fusion. I had a couple of old fashions last night while we were uh, discussing uh, Cajun football with Rage and Dave. So uh, life's good. Life's good. It sounds it. I'm uh, going to see Kiss tonight. I have not seen Kiss. I've not seen Kiss since 1979. It's their end of the road tour. Gene and Paul are 72 years old, and I'm not sure they can sing worth a lick. But at the same time, I'm not sure they can sing worth a lick. In 1979, so uh, it, it's I, I'm going for the show for the nostalgia. So yeah, go for the experience. It, it really is, and that's what it's all about. I I could care less, you know, uh, how they sound. They've got their makeup back on and the explosions and everything. And as a young young whippersnapper in the, in the 70s, it was fun and exciting. So I'm hoping as an old gray-haired guy an older gray-haired guy not any old uh i'll still have some of that youthful experience i'll, I'll regret it in the morning staying up past 10 o'clock <laughs> hey, you'll be fine so all right let's jump into some football um the team that we love to hate georgia state app state i won't say georgia state hung with app state in the first half but uh app state crushed them i'm not sure what i mean you know did you get to watch any of that or follow it at least? Kind of followed along as our game was starting to get going and our tailgate was going. But, I mean, it's a 14-6 game at halftime. App State came out and just dominated the second half and kind of what you would expect from App State. And we talked about it last week, how App State trying to get that, okay, we're back on track type game. And I think that's exactly what that was for App. Were, were you surprised that uh, uh, Georgia State went back to uh to their quarterback and because they seem to be having some set success with the uh their backup yeah i mean i don't really know what to think of them at this point i mean quan brown comes in 171 yards through the air is it great no is it serviceable i guess um but i mean chase bryce just blew it out of the water for app state 326 yards through the air and then you get 163 rushing yards for App State, and that's pretty much what put the game to bed in the second half. But you've got both quarterbacks that play for Georgia State, so I don't know. Really, truly, I don't have no idea what to expect from the Panthers this year. Well, the one thing that impressed me with Chase Bryce is his his ability to get the ball away quickly, and it seemed like I I would expect better athletes at defensive back for Georgia State. Uh, it seems like the the App State uh, receivers were getting behind them. And if that happens uh, coming up this week, which we'll talk uh, or next week, which we'll talk about later on, 
against the Cajuns. It's going to be a long day for the Cajuns, but App, uh, App State's got some got some weapons. Best thing to say. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, not a whole lot there with with that. But you know, moving on to uh, <laughs> again another game that I I, I I won't say ULM was fool's gold against Troy. But at the same time, Coastal Carolina is a much better football team than Troy and probably South Carolina that 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 uh, Troy played this weekend. But before we get to that one, you eliminate Coastal, never a ball game, never a ball game. I mean, no, I mean, you're looking 38-3 at half and you're just trying to figure out what the NCAA rule for a running clock is if you're ULM, but. I mean, you just get two field goals on the game and Coastal comes in and does exactly what we kind of expected Coastal to do. And again, Grayson McCall, he's perfect on the day, 13 for 13, throws two touchdowns, only 212 yards. But my guess he didn't play a whole heck of a lot in the second half. And just being able to see what he does. And he's somebody, we've talked about it with Levi Lewis down there for Louisiana too. He's just so smart in the pocket. And it's somebody that I would love to see. You remember when they used to do the old NFL before the Pro Bowls? They used to do like the skills, skills. challenges. Yep. I would love to see something like that come to the Sun Belt. And I know you can never do it because nobody's ever in the same place at the same time. Yeah. But I'd love to see Grayson McCall and Levi Lewis go up against each other in a skills challenge. That, that would be pretty awesome, I think. Uh, I'm not sure how you would do it like you said, but, uh, man, that would be something on, uh, and I know you couldn't do it with the two quarterbacks in the championship game, but bringing the rest of the quarterbacks, uh, representative from several of the teams in to do something like that before the, uh, or before the game or the, the day after, uh, the championship game, wherever it'll be hosted. So interesting. Uh, ULM though was without their quarterback, I'm not sure Red Red Rodriguez, would have would have made a difference, but at the same time, uh, not not a good day for the ULM quarterbacks. So, and they looked like they had a pretty hard time rushing the ball too. So there wasn't a whole lot there. But then again, and we'll get to this in in the second half. But Coastal Carolina's schedule is set up so easy. So, yep. Uh, what we mentioned earlier. Troy, South Carolina, uh, I don't think Troy ever had the lead in the game, but at the same time, they were in it the whole time. Uh, they, it, did you get to see that one at all? Or I know that, that one was going on when ours was. Um, so we were kind of following it since Georgia Southern plays Troy this week that I know we'll get to in our last segment. But it, this was a game that we talked about it last week. If Troy's able to hang in with South Carolina like they were, it's something that you feel that – I'm not going to say the ULM game was a fluke, but Troy has kind of bounced back from their little relapse against ULM. But it's a game that Troy, talking with Barry McKnight, the voice of the Trojans, earlier on this week on our podcast, Inside Eagle Nation, he was talking about how it was a game that Troy felt like they were in the entire time. And a lot of people for Troy feel like they should have won against South Carolina. I mean, you look – and you hold South Carolina just two field goals in the second half after they're up 17-7 to going into the locker room. You score in the third quarter. Like you said, Troy never led, 
but it was a game that Troy always felt like they had a hold on in some way, shape, or form and was just one big play away from putting that one away from North Carolina. Well, they can, the, Troy continued to shoot themselves in the foot. They lost because of their play, not because South Carolina was the better team. Uh, yeah. the, the two interceptions were costly, costly, costly. Uh, they also had a fumble uh, that was costly. They were driving. They fumbled the ball. Uh, defender picks it up right before he runs in the end zone. He throws his arms up and throws the ball in the air. It goes out the back of the end zone. Obvious, obvious he did not cross the ball. Playing, but Troy gets the ball back at the 20 and can't really do anything. And then I think a late interception sealed the game for him there as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm, do, are you finding it surprising that some of these teams like ULM and Troy, I understand that they, they may not have the best quarterbacks, but it looks like they're struggling to run the ball. Does I mean, does that surprise you at all? I mean, especially playing peer peer groups. It does a little bit, especially with the guys that Troy has. I mean, you look at B.J. Smith, Jamontez Woods, B.K. Billingsley, somebody that this league has seen for the last couple of years. You've got veteran guys in that running back room. And it's just a matter of trying to figure out how to get them going. Um, and like you said, it's kind of confusing. And it's like that with a couple of teams throughout the Sun Belt of how are they not able to run the ball? And I don't know if it just – speaks to the way that the defenses have been that they faced or if it's just been the fact that they can't for whatever reason get the running game going um and i need to apologize they don't figure it out this week yeah i got i need to apologize bj smith did have over 100 yards and 5.5 5.4 yards per carry with a long of 35 so i was looking at the receivers uh, which, you know, uh, six six catches for 49 yards. So not a bad day at the office for B.J. Smith. So, B.J., if you happen to listen, I'm sure you're not. But, hey, apologize for you. Yeah, it looks like you had a, a decent game. Um, but I'm trying to find uh, – here we go in the offense. Uh, I know they had the two interceptions. Um, yeah, one of those was a pick six towards the tail end of the first half. Yeah. Again, with with with, with uh, Troy uh, Troy uh, rumbling, stumbling, and mumbling towards the end zone. Uh, I'm not. Oh, uh, two interceptions and two fumbles. That's what killed Troy. There, there's just. Yeah. I mean, and, and that. In all honesty, I'm not saying that Troy Troy is a better football team, but it's probably because Troy is a bad football team. They through two interceptions and, uh, and, uh, two fumbles. Um, yeah, it was just an ugly game. Cause I mean, South Carolina had three fumbles that they lost. And so Troy turns the ball over four times. South Carolina turns it over three times. So Troy's only down one in the turnover margin, but though it seemed like the South Carolina fumbles came at times that you never wanted to happen, but it came more, inopportune times for Troy and it really is what shot him in the foot like we talked about well you guys play Troy next and it's a good segue into that um you talk you said you mentioned Barry McKnight over at Troy who's the uh, play-by-play guy for Troy uh the voice of the Trojans um what you guys' thoughts there on this game is this another opportunity that you think that you uh feel that that um you guys can run up a lot of yards 
wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. We skipped over your game this past week. We're not going there yet. Sorry. Uh, False start. <laughs> false start. Penalty. Delay game. Uh, let's, let's go. You guys played uh, Arkansas State, and we talked off air. Uh, Arkansas State is a bad team on the defensive side. So, yeah. what? Yeah, what? I mean. It, go ahead. Sorry. Georgia Southern is able to put up over 500 yards of offense, 540 yards total, 503 on the ground. And it, a lot of it, you and I were talking about before we started recording this, that it was weird to see the fact that Georgia Southern had five or six explosive plays, but there were some of them. I think of a couple of them for Jalen White. He had two touchdowns that were long scampers as long as the 59, but those were just kind of dive plays toward the end of the game trying to use some clock, and then 59 yards later, he's to the house. And so it was weird to see, and we talked about it earlier, Arkansas State is a – they're pretty awful when it comes to tackling. Uh, I think everybody would tell you that in Jonesboro, too. It's a really bad tackling team because there were times where there were guys in position to make the play two, three, four yards downfield, and then it turns into a 60-yard run. And Logan Wright had his day, 208 yards on 10 carries. He had two touchdowns. Jalen White, who's the fifth-string running back for Georgia Southern, 157 yards and two scores. Three other guys had rushing touchdowns with J.D. King, Justin Tomlin, Gerald Green. So and we were laughing about it before we started going. The quarterback's just three for 13 for 37 yards passing, and you are able to get the win 59-33 over Arkansas State. But the big true test for Georgia Southern is going to be this week. Um, and I know we're going to dive into it a lot more yep. in a little bit, but it uh, you're definitely stepping up in competition to see if this was just the fact that Arkansas State can't tackle or if Georgia Southern's on to something. Yeah, I think it's, in, in my opinion, I, I watched the, the whole game, listened to Danny's broadcast uh, uh, while have, having the game synced up. Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think you guys are getting better. I think you will continue to get better. And uh, uh, Rage and Dave and I talked about it last night. You guys are making me look like a genius. I thought you guys would get better as the season went on. And and I still think if you continue to get better, you've got a chance with Coastal visiting your house late in the season to, to get that victory too. But one game at a time, and we'll get to that Troy game here in the second half. But uh, I... I you guys did what you you guys did what Georgia Southern does: run the ball, run it, at, run it at their throat, and and, and put a, a crushing. So uh, now, again, I think Arkansas State's got a decent team, but at the same time, you did give up thirty three points. Now, fourteen of it was late yeah. in the fourth quarter, or in the fourth quarter, I should say. I don't know, don't remember if it was late, but you. I think the key to a lot of games is coming out in that second half. You held them to zero points. You guys scored 14, you know, uh, and I, and again, I, I don't, I don't know your players. So I don't know if that was the second team in and with the 14 points scored at the end of the game or not. So, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of second team guys in and Arkansas state went to their quote unquote backup quarterback in Lane Hatcher, who was the Sunbelt freshman of the year at one point. And so it's not like, 
you're sending in a scrub, but he came in and really started running that offense a lot better. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see if he goes back into the quarterback battle with James Blackman to see who's going to take the snaps or if they go back to the two quarterbacks that they started with at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Blackman three interceptions and Hatcher had one. So a uh, good day for the defense, I guess, uh, overall for Georgia Southern. So, uh, yeah, and we hadn't had a turnover all season forced. So I think it was us in Coastal Carolina were the only two in the league that hadn't forced a turnover all year, and you come out with four interceptions. And so definitely made the defense feel a lot better. You're listening to – we're talking with Craig Melanson and Colin Lacey of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Colin, the last game, my, my Cajuns, uh, late game, uh, started 8 o'clock Eastern time, your time. I'm not sure if you were able to get a chance to, to watch it. I love a late game like this after we can see what I can watch all the games during the day and I've got another game on the TV. Uh, your thoughts on the game, uh, the Cajuns at South Alabama. We talked about it last week, how we thought that Louisiana was going to be fine in this game, but it was going to be kind of a barometer to see how much improved South Alabama is. Um, this one was going on when we were wrapping up our post game and everything. So I didn't get to see a lot of it turned on Jay for a little bit while we were packing up, but being able to, I feel like it was a little bit of Louisiana, not necessarily playing their best football at this point in time, but also you saw how improved South Alabama is. And I still think they're ahead of schedule with first year head coach, Cam Wanick, but being able to see it, I think it was good for Louisiana to pull this one out, especially at the tail end and have a couple of good defensive stops, but, it, uh, it definitely shows how much parity is still in this league. Well, I, two things, you know, I talked about with Rage and Dave last night is uh, the first one is that people forget that South Alabama gets to play and South Alabama is a pretty good ball club. And second, it's this whole, I think you see it more in, in, in football and basketball, but it's this whole deal of the last five minutes decides the game. Well, no, it didn't really decide the game. Cajuns missed two field goals and an extra point. So you can say, did the Cajuns get lucky because South Alabama missed a field goal at the end of the game? Or could you say that South Alabama got lucky that early on the Cajuns missed those two field goals? So yeah. uh, I, 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 in baseball, you don't see it as much. You can kind of blame um, Bucky Dent. The ball goes through, goes through his legs in the, in, in, in the playoff game. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's it's you don't see it as much in baseball as people think about it in football. So, uh, and, and I'm, I'm towards the end of the game, South Alabama was driving, was down inside, it had it first and goal, and ended up going for it on fourth down and goal, and didn't make it. I don't understand they were down by two. If they kick that field goal and make it right there at the two yard line or so. They're up by one. That forces the Cajuns' hand at that point. I thought a huge mistake by the first-year coach. Yeah, and you can look at it a couple of different ways, but I think that just goes to show you how much respect they have for Louisiana and the fact of especially a team led by Levi Lewis and being able to do what they normally do. I think it goes to show you how much respect a lot of people from around the league have of saying, okay, I'm not, I'm going to try to use a little bit more clock and be able to 
force the hand a little bit more. Well, I think Levi only had uh, in his career has only two games, and I, I, I'm probably wrong on this statistic, but in re, uh, at least the last couple of years, I think he's only had two games where he's been under 50% throwing. That was this past weekend at, uh, at South Alabama uh, in the rain, and then last year's game at App State in the rain. Um, you can talk about Levi's size. He's not that tall. I'm not going to talk about anybody's hands because I've got small hands, but it's hard to grip a ball with a smaller hand in, 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 in the wet. Yeah. So, um, but Hey, Cajuns came out victorious. I'm happy. Uh, like I said, we, we went through some lean years through times when I was in school. So, uh, well, every lots of lean years for the last hundred years prior to 2011. So not going to complain about this. So, uh, you're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malonson. We're going to take our first, or well, probably our only break. Quick break, and we'll be back right after this to talk about the, this week's upcoming games. Welcome back to We're Talking today. Craig Malonson with Colin Lacey of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Georgia Southern Sports Network, is that? Yes, you did. Okay. I felt like, uh, okay, dang. <laughs> Colin, we, we talked about it and we talk about it every week. Uh, Coastal Carolina, though, their they're, they're, they're non-conference schedule, it is what it is. And you never know what a team's going to be like from year to year. And then you open the conference play with ULM. I mean, come on. ULM, I think, is getting better with, under Terry Bowden, but it, they're not there yet by any means. And uh, I, I guess we could have said before the season or, or last year when you looked at it, Arkansas State's usually a, a a tough a tough game, especially at home. But this is not your this is not the Arkansas State that we're used to seeing here. No, and you and I were talking about it before we started recording. That yeah, we've talked about how kind of soft the Coastal Carolina schedule is. But you look two three years ago, this is a schedule you're like God. How did we pull this? Because Arkansas State a couple of years ago atop the West Division, Ab State has been toward the top of the Eastern Division ever since they joined the Sun Belt. Troy has been towards the top the last couple of years outside of a year ago and then this year. Georgia Southern, when they first got in the league, really starting to start out at the top of the Eastern Division. And so the next four, if you would look at it two, three years ago, it's a completely different feeling than what it is this year. Yeah, I, I think Coastal's a really good ball club and I don't see them I don't see Arkansas State giving them a game at all. Uh, Redwood fans, sorry, this ain't your year, and you're starting to look more no, and more I, like ULM than you are Arkansas State. No, I, I, I've got a pretty good idea that this one's going to go sideways pretty quick. Um, I think the line's sitting at 19 and a half, which I think that's a little light. Um, that's, that's, we talked about that last night, and isn't the over-under, though, like 70, 72? Yeah, the over on ESPN says 72. Okay. Um, I, the way this Arkansas State defense is playing, I can see Coastal scoring 72 on their own. Um, yeah, no kidding. Do you think 19 is a lot of points, though? Because Arkansas State does have some offensive weapons, but you saw them play last week. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of points for a conference game, but – to be honest, 
if I'm a betting man, which I'm not, I got that kind of money. But <laughs> I, wait, wait, I wait! You, you're a broadcaster. You don't you don't make millions of dollars. You're not on that ESPN payroll. <laughs> no, no, not even close. Okay, but, but I. At 19 and a half, I don't know which way I would go, to be honest. I mean, it's a ton of points, especially in a conference game on national television. But from what I saw last week, I don't know that this one is even that close. I, I agree with you there. I think I think it's a lot of points. I do think it's a lot of points, but Arkansas State has not shown anything remotely that they can stop any anybody. And um, I'm, I'm trying to – if I can do quick math in my head here, uh, you guys beat them by 26. So, um, okay. I'll go with it. Let's roll. So, uh, enough said there. And the battle of which ULM team is going to show up here is Rhett Rodriguez <laughs> back. But Georgia State at ULM, uh, man, you know, Georgia State's, is in the game, the whole leading the whole game against, uh, in my opinion, a bad Auburn team, but still an SEC school. And ULM, what they did to Troy, Enigma, we don't know yet. What What's your thoughts on that game there? Yeah, I mean, Georgia State showed the flashes against Auburn a couple of weeks ago, but and then they go out and do what they did against Appalachian State this past week. So it's kind of which team shows up for both of these guys, but I think this is a decent game. I know the line sitting at 16, which I think that's way more than it should be in favor of Georgia State. And that's not just saying that because it's Georgia State. But I think this is actually going to be a decent game. I think ULM is going to kind of take that next step after they got humbled a little bit by Coastal Carolina after their two-game winning streak. But it, uh, I think this is going to be a good game. And I could see this one going either way. Um, we uh, On our tailgate show, we do a segments. I'll have to look into this one to see which one I'm taking this week because I think this is going to be a lot closer and a lot more of an actual game than a lot of people think. I agree with you. I think 16 is way too many points, especially for ULM being at home. And I think they have a little momentum there in Monroe, uh, even though they lost to Coastal Carolina. I think they're getting a, a little bit of fan support there. And I hope the people in Monroe come out and watch ULM and give them their support because we need we need the bottom teams to start stepping up in the league if we're going to compete as uh, one of the top G5 conferences in the country. So um, South Alabama at Texas State. I mean, Texas State hasn't shown me anything since the Baylor game that they can do anything. And South Alabama, I think, is a really good football team. I see them bouncing back. Uh, what What is the spread on that? I know you've got it up. I do not. Uh, ESPN has it at three and a half. Really? So they're essentially giving Texas State the three, so six and a half point. Uh, man, I would – if, again, if I was a betting man, I, I would put my money on South Alabama. I don't think this game's close. Yeah, no, I think this one has the chance to get sideways. I think it would be a huge statement for Texas State if they're able to stay in that. And it sounds weird to say a statement to stay in a game against a conference opponent, especially somebody like South Alabama who's just on the rebound as well. But I think it would do them a world of confidence if they're able to make this a game, especially at home against the South Alabama team. Yeah, that's that's another place that I I love to go. San Marcos, um, beautiful oh, area. Yeah. 
man, that's, I'm always, uh, I, I love going there and being able to spend three days there for baseball, especially. So, and our, our baseball schedule should be released this week, which is, which is fun. Looking forward to seeing that, even though I know what most of it's going on. Uh, we're going to spend two days, Tuesday and Wednesday at Houston. And then, uh, that weekend we're heading over to San Marcos for three games. So five games in the Texas area that gave for that year, uh, this coming year for baseball. Um, can I come with you? Sure. Come on. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I, I don't know what to think of Houston. They're big 12 bound. So, uh, we'll see. Um, Georgia Southern at Troy, you and Barry talked about, I know you, you mentioned that, uh, again, you're listening to Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern sports network, uh, and Barry over at Troy. What, what are you guys' thoughts on this game? Is, 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 is Troy gonna, which Troy team's going to show up? Uh, the one at South, uh, the one that uh, played at ULM, they got skull drug or the, or the one that made too many mistakes against South, uh, South Carolina. I think the biggest thing is how Georgia Southern goes about attacking this Troy defense. We've seen it year after year. That Troy defense is one of the best in the league, especially with Carlton Marshall there at middle linebacker, one of the best defensive players in this league. But for Georgia Southern, they struggled with Troy historically in this series. Last year, Georgia Southern got the victory, and you felt like it was a weight off the shoulders because Troy had dominated this series ever since Georgia Southern got to the Sun Belt, especially at Veterans Memorial Stadium. It's a matter of if Troy's going to be able to put up enough points because you feel like Georgia Southern is going to be able to get something against this defense. It's not going to be a whole heck of a lot because this is the complete opposite of what we talked about with Arkansas State. It's a Troy defense that doesn't miss a whole lot of tackles. They're always in the right position. They're always there going to be able to make the stop, but it's a matter of how many points Troy's going to be able to put up. And hopefully Georgia Southern's defense continues what it does with the four interceptions this past week against James Blackman and Lane Hatcher of Arkansas State. And so, again, it goes back to which team is going to show up for really both of these teams of is it going to be the Georgia Southern that put 540 yards of offense on Arkansas State or is it the one that struggled with FAU and hopefully – it's the uh, it's the first one of those. Yeah, the uh, thing that interests me there is, and I know you can't take away, but uh, they they only allowed 101 yards rushing to to South Carolina, and and, and 34 of those yards came on one play. So, um, I, you know, they had 28 attempts on the ground, uh, and uh, South Carolina did in 34 in the air. So, pretty balanced attack there. Will the, will the will Georgia Southern will the Eagles be able to to get that ground game rolling? Because I think that's important for y'all. I mean, we talked about it three for eighteen, I think, or three for sixteen last week. You didn't need to throw the ball, so it's not a big deal. But if you have to throw the ball, there's some concern there. I think on your side if you can't run. Yeah, and the funny thing about when Georgia Southern had success last year against Troy, the way that Georgia Southern did it was with the dive. And for some reason, that's what was successful against Troy because when Georgia Southern tries to get the perimeter, there's a lot of red jerseys there. And so trying to go straight up the middle is where Georgia Southern had success last year. Be interesting to see how much of that you're looking to do this year against Troy. What's the spread on that game? Uh, Troy, 
with a five and a half point favorite. Ooh, so I really think, about a yeah, really about a two and a half. So a field goal decides the game. I think I th- honestly I think I'm not sure I won't say you guys will run away with it this weekend, but I think Georgia Southern has the upper hand in my opinion, coming off a nice victory, uh, and and quite honestly playing playing the Cajuns uh, in a very close ball game, tough ball game. Um, uh, before that, I, I just don't see Troy being anything there yet. I think this is I think Tim Chiplin Lindsay's gone after this season, maybe even before the season's over with. So, well, good deal. Yeah, I'm, really, truly, I'm kind of surprised he's still there, to be honest. Well, I think he bought some a little bit of goodwill, and it's one of those things, in my opinion, unless your coach is doing something if you that he's lost the locker room or his players aren't going to class or something like that, let him finish the year. You're paying the guy anyway. So, you know, uh, I, it, it – as long as he's got the locker room and the, and the players aren't screwing up outside of the classroom or in the classroom, I think you let the guy coach in my opinion. Um, but, but yeah, that, that uh, I, I'm, I'm surprised after the ULM game, I thought that was going to be another bloodbath. So, well, our final game, since it'll be on Tuesday night, um, app state at Louisiana, I'm going to let you, Pontificate first. <laughs> trying to use this new words. Be a fun one. I've got there I've got go. that toilet paper with the word of the day. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is going to be a good one. I'm glad it's on Tuesday night. Georgia Southern will play on Thursday next week against South Alabama. But I'm glad this is a Tuesday night game to be able to watch it. But it's uh, this is going to be a good game. Um, we've talked about what Appalachian State's been able to do this year. But I think Louisiana being at home, I think it's kind of seen and gotten a little bit of um, kind of the shock in the way of, okay, you squeak by South Alabama, you're able to squeak by Georgia Southern to kind of take it to the next level. So I'm, I'm taking the Cajuns in this one. Um, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a lot of fun down at, uh, down at Cajun Field. It may not be for the entire game for Cajun fans because I think there's going to be a lot of highs, a lot of lows for both sides in this game. But uh, but I think the Cajuns take it. Yeah, it, it's you know as much as I love my Cajuns, uh, I'm hoping that um, that the last two games were a wake up call. I mean, we've got if we play the way we played the last two weeks, App State drums us. I, I don't think we're there. I think our coaching staff learned something new. I think we don't take into account that the Cajuns had five new new coaches on the staff this year, which hadn't had a whole lot of turnover in years past. It's definitely something different. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got our offensive coordinator that's been here uh, and co- as in coach Napier. And we also had our defense coordinator that's been here in Patrick Tony. So really no excuses there. Uh, but at the same time, Cajuns have to play better if they want to win this game. And I agree with you totally. You're not going to stop app state for the whole game. They're going to do something. They're going to do it big. And whether it's going to be a breakaway run, whether it's going to be uh, that long pass, and that's what kind of scares me the most about App State is getting the ball downfield. I think they uh, – um, Chase Bryce is is, uh, is he's accurate. That's all I can say. He's accurate. So – 
Uh, well, any last words of wisdom or anything before we uh, call it a day today? No, I think you're getting into the fun part of the season where people start to separate a little bit and what the East and the West is going to look like this year. And so this is, uh, this is what college football is all about, right? Yeah, you know, and, and, and I hear, I, I hear I, exactly what you're saying. I, I echo that. And I hear a lot, and, and maybe just quickly, your thoughts on the midweek games. I know from a, from a, I, I know nobody likes playing them and doing it, but at the same time, I kind of like that we play on Tuesday. So this weekend I can watch college football. The following weekend I can watch college football. Thursday night I can watch you guys play. Uh, it, it's, I don't like it for my team. Trust me. It's, I think it's kind of screws up all kind of rhythm and schedule, but once the game's over with, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy <laughs> that I've got my weekend. Yeah, no, from a selfish, from a selfish standpoint, I'd say it all the time. I wish we could play every game on the road and on Thursday, but, uh, <laughs> it lets me have Saturday where I can watch the rest of the league and watch the rest of college football. But uh, I know from, kind of the op standpoint from the fan standpoint of getting to the games, especially for Georgia Southern, where a lot of fan base is coming from either Savannah or Atlanta. Can't really do that on a random Thursday night, but the, uh, the only midweek game that Georgia Southern has this week will be next week when they go to South Alabama. So, I mean, I like the exposure for the league because I think a lot of times you get to a Thursday and people are wanting some college football and the only game in town is a Sunbelt conference game. Um, I like the Tuesday games and, Georgia Southern hasn't played a Tuesday game. They've played a couple of Wednesday games and Thursday games. But I uh, I like the midweek games personally. Um, but Well, Cajuns go back-to-back midweek games, App State at Louisiana, and then we uh, head up to Arkansas State on the Thursday, October 21st. I like the fact that the, the Sun Belt is not only getting more exposure, um, I'm just wondering from a coaching standpoint after the game is over, I know it disrupts their, their system, their play and what they do. But at the same time, I'm wondering from a coaching standpoint, we play, you know, we play on Tuesday night. So our coaches, they watch tons of film. Don't get me wrong, but I still think it's valuable for them to sit and watch a game live at some, at some point too, uh, against upcoming opponents. Uh, so yeah, the only where the only place that I don't like it is kind of the position that Georgia Southern's in. They're at Troy this weekend, so they're going to be traveling back late Saturday night after the game since it's a seven o'clock Eastern kick. And so you're going to be getting back early in the morning on Sunday, and then you've got to turn around and go to South Alabama on Thursday. So you're having to travel on Wednesday. That only gives you a couple of days in between. So that's the only way I don't like it. I know a lot of times in the league that uh, most of the time it, you're either at home or you're at home that Thursday. So you're not having to travel to both the week before and the week of. Right. But, uh, Georgia Southern kind of gets the, the good part on the back end because they've got their off week after that. So you've got 16 days in between games. Well, uh, my, my friend Kevin Foote that writes for The Advocate here, he always talks about uh, he, he feels like the Saints always get the shaft that they, they have to – they go to the, the West Coast – and then all of a sudden they're playing a Thursday and they have to come back and all of a sudden they're playing a Thursday night football game. It's like, you know, he always looks at it only from the same standpoint. What other team has, I mean, but historically I'm sure there's more teams that do it, but I, I agree with you. I, th I think I have no problem uh, with that it, at least, but I, I agree with you 
having to travel to Troy and then on a short week come back to uh, to South Alabama, you're almost better off uh, getting a hotel for the week and staying staying in Alabama. I know I know you don't want to do it. That's very expensive, but um, that that makes for long days. I don't think that I don't think everybody understands the travel and what the teams do. Uh, like you know, for our game at South Alabama, I love the fact that it started at seven o'clock. But at the same time, by the team when the team got done, and they had a four, four and a half, five hour bus ride back, they're not getting back till five or six in the morning. At least it's a, a Sunday morning. Yeah. So, but your trip to uh, your South Alabama, you know, like you said, six thirty start. You're flying back to. Uh, do you guys fly into Statesboro or do you fly into uh, Savannah? Savannah. So it's another 45 minutes once you land to get back to the operations building. Yeah. And I think that's where the Cajuns have a little bit of an advantage. Uh, at least once we land, we're home uh, five minute drive, but at, at the same time, that, that, that's rough. That's rough. So, well, Colin, thank you so much for your time today. As always, I appreciate it. Um, We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully I'm feeling better on Monday uh, and we'll, we can, I don't know that we'll go into the app state game again. We might have, we might postpone it until after the Cajuns play on Tuesday night, but we'll discuss that. Lots going on in the league right now. Fun time of year. So appreciate your time. Sounds good. I appreciate it, Craig. You've been listening. We're talking with Craig Malonsaw and Colin Lacey from the Georgia Southern sports network. I've gotten it right for the final time today. Thank you.